Welcome to the Watch Her Eyes podcast. I'm Katie. And I'm Tash. This is your moment in the day where you get to switch off, let your hair down and join us as we attempt to balance business, babies and everything in between. Removing the filter and sharing in all the highs and lows that come with life. Having real conversations about everything to do with being a woman, a mother and a business owner. So no matter what stage you're at in your journey, if you find yourself juggling all the hats of what it means to be a woman, then Then this this is for you. Hello, 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 and welcome back to another week. I have to say it actually feels super strange being here this week because I am rolling solo. Don't worry, Katie is completely fine, but being two busy mamas running their own business, life gets freaking hectic at times, and this week's schedule just did not align. So I am going to roll solo with you this week, and then Katie is going to do a solo episode next week. Um, But I have to say, it's really strange not having anyone to bounce off and just kind of staring at a screen. If I'm being completely honest, I have re-recorded this intro like 4,000 times, but we are just going to roll with it because as I always say, it's about getting it done and not getting it perfect. But let's kick it off with my low and my high of the week. So my low of the week, we had my husband's cousin's 21st on the weekend, which was really, really beautiful. So they had family coming from interstate and caught up with some of his family that we haven't seen in a long time. It was really nice, actually. But I was super excited to kind of like get dressed up and go out for the evening. But Miss Riley Bear had a whole other different plan. So she decided on Saturday that she just, she wasn't going to sleep. She had like a 45 minute nap in the morning. And then in the afternoon, just, just didn't want to go down. Like nothing was working. So I was like, okay, it is what it is. Hopefully this means she'll go down earlier. We'll be able to get out the house on time and she'll just have a really solid sleep. Let me tell you, I was very much mistaken. So my lovely sister was coming over to look after her for the evening, which was exciting in itself because usually we only have my mother-in-law look after her, um, but she was coming to the party. So my sister, she came over and... I was putting Riley down and it was about half an hour before her bedtime because she was just absolutely zonked. She actually fell asleep while I was nursing her. I was like, perfect, this is going to plan. And then um, as I was kind of finishing off nursing her for the evening, she woke up and was just like, nope, nope, I want to get up and party. And I was like, "Uh uh-uh, girl, you are going to sleep. So my husband is actually really good at putting her down. So I called him in. Um, called in the backup and was like, can you take over? So he was in there with her for like 15, 20 minutes and finally got her down. But she was definitely not in a solid sleep when we left. And we're like, it'll be fine. It'll be fine. Like went through everything with my sister. She was like, yep, cool. Like she's got three kids of her own, right? She's, she's done this before. So we get to the venue and got a drink. I was like, I'm going to, I'm going to treat myself and get a glass of wine and then I get an update from my sister and she's like, look, she had a cry for a little while. She's quite settled, but she's not going down to bed. Um, I'll just give you an update and see how she's going. We're like, okay, well, if she's settled, then that's, that's kind of fine. 
and we're having a really nice evening and then I'm getting updates and she's still not asleep. She's happy. I'm getting photos. She, they're watching dogs on TV. Riley's pointing out all the dogs. Like she's just living her best life there. She's like, I heard it's party time tonight. So that is what I'm doing. So about quarter to nine, I actually called it quits. And I was like, no, I'm going to head home. Chris, you can stay at the party. Let me go home and get her down to bed because this is not going to be good for her. I get home, I've nursed her and I'm trying to put her down to bed and she is not having a bar of it. So I went, you know what? I'm going to just put her in the car, get a little bit of a break. Hopefully can just get her sleeping and then can transfer her. So I put her in the car after about three minutes, she went straight to sleep, which was beautiful. Actually went back and picked my husband back up from the party. So that was nice that he didn't have to get a taxi home, got home, were able to transfer her fairly smoothly. But I didn't get to bed until after midnight and we're like, yep, cool. Hopefully that means that she'll like, she'll sleep through, she'll sleep in, have a reset. It'll be great. Uh, 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 nope, nope, nope. 4.30 in the morning, she was awake and she was not happy. Like it was, it was not the most amazing. And considering I had one glass of wine. I felt so hungover all day. Just the lack of sleep was just horrendous. Lucky about eight o'clock, she decided that she'd go down for a three hour nap and I was able to get an hour in. Um, But we also had Santa photos that day. So I was like, oh, come on, girl. Um, But no, considering it was like our first night out together in a while, we had someone new babysitting for us. Like my sister did an incredible job and Riley wasn't upset in the least, but yeah, just, just those moments where being a parent sucks sometimes and means that you have to cut your night short. Um, and then also trying to deal with an overtired child where you're like, you know what the cure for this is? Just sleep, just sleep, which actually leads me beautifully into my high for the week. So as I mentioned last week, I engaged Katie to help with a little bit of sleep training. So generally apart from the other night or when little miss is sick or teething or any of those fun baby related things, she generally sleeps really, really well of a nighttime. However, daytime naps have been difficult for us. So my husband can usually get her down quite well, but for me, she just won't she won't have it at all. She either contact naps or will nap in the car. And I really enjoyed it early on. It was a really beautiful bonding moments that I certainly don't regret and was so beautiful and precious. But we've reached this stage now where it's just not viable for our for our life, really. Um, so I was like, what is the best way to go ahead and start doing this? So really focusing on one nap of at the moment, which is our afternoon nap because it's the longest one. And I do have to say we're on day three and it is going really, really well. There have certainly been some tears like that first day, um, where she was like, I don't really want to do this. Thank you. And I was like, it's going to be so good for you. And so <laughs> look, as I am, um, I've been given the plan and I've kind of molded it to suit my own, but Katie has been so supportive of, of, of this journey with us. Um, 
But the first day I put her down in her cot and she just was so upset and just cried. And I sat next to the cot the whole time and I was reassuring her. But it's really hard to see your child cry. But I knew she had everything, like all of her needs were being met. And I had a conversation with a friend today and she said something that just really hit me. And she was like, she's just feeling her feelings. And it's important that I allow that, right? That I can hold the space for her to feel her feelings. It's something new and it's a new transition for her. So after about 20 minutes, she I ended up getting her out of the cot, giving her cuddles, giving her a feed, even though we're trying to wean at the moment, um, and then put her back down and she went to sleep. But yesterday it went so much smoother. So we had 10 minutes of her being upset and then she went to sleep. And then today I put her in the cot. She was actually really happy and was just kind of playing for for 20 minutes. And I was like, I'll just stay here until she falls asleep. And then she did a poop. So I had to get her back up and then I put her back down and she was like, wait a second, I want some more cuddles. So she had a little bit of a sook, definitely not crying very short lived for like five minutes and then went to sleep. And I have to say it has made the biggest difference. Like not only just for me, the fact that I'm getting two solid hours of an afternoon and I never realized how much I could actually accomplish in that time. Um, Like I've really been struggling to feel like I'm staying on top of just the general day-to-day stuff, but also with my business. So I've been kind of waiting until she goes back to daycare next year, but now I'm like, sweet, like I've actually been able to get stuff done, which is exciting. But the difference it has made in her sleep is insane. Like she is waking up and she is so happy and just an absolute joy. Whereas before the afternoon, sometimes she would wake up and she, she was just not loving life and it was kind of just getting through until we were doing bedtime. Um, but even I have to say her nighttime sleeps, even though they're usually pretty good, she's waking up in the mornings and she's just, she's happy. She's well rested. She is thriving. And my only regret is that I didn't do this sooner. So yes, it's a little bit challenging. Yes, there's been a few tears, but I can see how much of a positive impact it's making, not just to my mental health, my well-being, and my productivity, but also how much of a difference it's actually making to her. And it feels so good to know that even though there are those tears, that it's actually something that's benefiting her so much. So if it's something that you have been contemplating, I definitely recommend it to you. Um, but yeah, so that is my my high for the week that, yeah, she's starting to go down for naps, which is super, super, super exciting. So this week, I really wanted to take an opportunity to talk about something that I'm really passionate about. And really about reclaiming yourself. So we all go through these times in our life where we go through transition and you kind of go, who the fuck am I? Or maybe you're not even aware that you're going through transition and you don't ever really remember a time that you've felt like you know your purpose or you know where you're going. I know I personally spent a lot of my 20s feeling really disconnected and really isolated. I felt like I could be standing in the middle of a busy room and could be completely alone. Um, Not to say that I didn't have some incredible time in my 20s, but it wasn't until I really started doing some of that internal work and connecting to myself that I discovered who I was. But I've also gone through multiple transitions of who I am 
as a person. And obviously the the biggest one has been becoming a mum. It's been a huge identity shift for me. And I think in particular with the type of work that I do, working with women who feel like they've lost themselves after having kids, I had a lot of fear about that becoming my reality. And I'm really lucky because I had a lot of resources, but I also had kind of the awareness so I could start really embracing this new role as mother. But for a lot of people, it's hard to actually recognize when you are going through an identity shift. So how do you actually recognize if this is a time of transition in your life. And sometimes it just means that you've outgrown the person that you were. So maybe the things that once brought you joy just don't anymore. Maybe the hobbies you used to do don't fill you with joy. Maybe maybe the friends that you're hanging out with, you just find yourself maybe not finding a lot of substance or you might find yourself kind of alienating yourself or isolating yourself away from those people might be that there's a change in your priorities and yeah, that you're just feeling disconnected. You might be really struggling to make decisions as well because they just don't feel like they align with you anymore. And you might notice some emotional changes. So it might be increase in stress or anxiety. Maybe you're a little bit more teary or you might find these like really high highs with these really low lows. And it might be that you're finding that you're comparing yourself a lot. So it might be with strangers on social media or it might be with other people in your own life, but you just find that you aren't particularly happy with where you are. You might find that there's those kind of shift in relationships and that there's actual physical changes within yourself. So maybe you find yourself losing your appetite or if you're like me, the other end where you're binging and it might be that you're not sleeping very well. So these are all really good kind of indicators that something's amiss with your own life. So I always say that instead of just going into the judgment and shame spiral actually start getting curious and start asking yourself questions. So what is it about now that isn't making me happy? So in particular, I used to love going out on a Friday, Saturday, and sometimes Sunday and going out and getting on the piss and drinking way too much and having a blast. Some of that was not particularly positive behavior and were like numbing. But overall, I liked being the life of the party. I liked going out and dancing and, you know, shit talking and having conversations. But it got to a point where I just found that I was out. I wasn't the life of the party anymore. I just wanted to kind of sit back and I wasn't enjoying it. So getting curious, what is it about this? that isn't making me happy anymore. So going out isn't making me happy and it's about finding what will. So instead of, it's easy to go into a bit of fear, like what if? So what I want to do is actually give you some steps to help you navigate these identity shifts and to start embracing that. So really embracing the change, bringing awareness to where you are, noticing those shifts, acknowledging that, 
and spending some time reflecting. So one of the most powerful things you can do is actually journal. But as much as it is exciting about where you're going, sometimes it can be a moment of grieving. So as I said, um, you know, I had the awareness, obviously, that my life was about to drastically change. And for me, I wasn't unhappy with my life. I had done so much work to create this life that I absolutely loved that the thought of it shifting so much scared the hell out of me, but also learning to embrace it and bring new meaning to it. Like what does motherhood actually mean to me and what's the type of mother that I want to be? So being able to reframe it and create your own meaning but also allowing myself to grieve. So going, okay, my life isn't going to be like that anymore. And as I've said previously, it's fine to throw a pity party. Just don't go on a bender. So when you find yourself experiencing those emotions, allow yourself to sit with it. But as I said, journal with it, reflect on it. It's actually so powerful to get it out of our system. Because when we don't acknowledge it, we just kind of dig it down. And that's when problems, bigger problems can actually arise. So just because we're not acknowledging it doesn't mean it goes away. It just means that it's building up and creating tensions in our body in so many ways. And it actually comes out in really kind of negative ways a lot of the times. And I don't want to get too much focused on that and got, get off track. But so feeling your emotions, embracing where you are on your journey, allowing yourself to feel the excitement too. Like this is really, really exciting. And just being in the moment. So the second thing is if you're kind of like, oh, okay, well, I know that I'm stepping into this other version of me, whatever that looks like. It's doing, taking the time to do a bit of self-exploration and understanding your values. So understanding our values is so damn important because it's kind of like our guiding star of where we're going. When we align to our values, it means that we're aligning, we're creating goals that actually are meaningful and purposeful. And it gives us something to kind of hold on to, to help keep us grounded when sometimes it can feel a little bit like we're on a roller coaster ride, right? So I will be having something come to my um, website in the new year about helping you actually understand your values. In the meantime, the biggest tip I can give you is to just jump on Google and just type in how do I find my values? And there'll be so many different exercises that you can do there. And Get your top five values and then actually write out what those mean to you and how they show up in your life. Actually being able to identify them and what truly matters to you. So um, going ahead and setting goals that align to your values. So maybe before your values were fun and maybe now your highest value is security or connection whereas maybe before it was all this kind of like freedom and joy and you know traveling was really important but now you're like no I want security I want really deep connection so you know going out and partying every weekend isn't going to bring you that but maybe having a really fulfilling job that is about creating stability and creating a bigger future 
having really in-depth conversations with people is going to be the thing that really lights you up. Now, the next thing I'm going to talk about is self-care and your well-being and why it's so important. So quite often, I think people talk about self-care and it's very easy to get this image of like massages and day spas and like cucumbers on your eyes. And like, let me tell you, absolutely beautiful. I'm here for that like any day of the week, but it's also kind of not realistic, right? So what does self-care actually mean to you? And what is the importance it plays in your life? So developing a really great self-care routine. This might be stuff like spending some time meditating. Maybe it's getting out and moving your body every day. Um, Maybe it's cooking really nutritious meals for yourself, going out, joining the gym, anything that feels like you are honoring yourself and taking care of yourself for where you are now. The other thing is creating practical strategies for really managing stress and burnout because we all have moments in life that throw us into disarray, right? So what is it that you actually need to support yourself? So where do you need to maybe create boundaries in your life? Um, Get really clear on what does your current technology hygiene look like? Like, are you, do you have boundaries around technology? Do you have boundaries around social media? Are you getting home at the end of every day and chucking on Netflix and scrolling on your phone and then find that you're kind of comparing yourself and not loving yourself? So the thing that I personally am really trying to embrace is no phones 30 minutes before bed or 30 minutes when I wake up. And I find that this is making a huge difference in my own life. The other thing I'm doing is before bed, I'm taking 15 minutes to just do some breathing exercises. So one thing for me is I'm lying down on the ground with my feet up on the wall. This is an exercise that a girlfriend actually gave me that she got from her own coach because it starts getting you out of fight and flight and back into rest and digest because when you are in that position so laying on the ground or maybe on your bed um, with your butt right up against the wall or the headboard and your legs up is you can't actually run anywhere so it's a good way to really connect with your body let go of your stress for the day come back to your center and realign so self-care just looks like looking after yourself in the day to day, Um, finding or creating a really great support network. So as we've said previously, uh, and a quote that I've butchered many, many times, but you are the sum of the five people you associate yourself with. So are those people really supporting? Are they people that you can have really open and honest conversations with? And if they're not, do you have people in your life that you can go to? If you don't, maybe it means investing in someone like a coach, investing in someone with a psychologist. Um, Maybe if you want to take care of your well-being, it's investing in like a PT or doing some classes that really allow you to feel great about yourself, which also brings me into hobbies so hobbies that align with who you are or where you're going so I'm gonna keep bringing this back to when I was in my 20s because I feel like it's something that a lot of people can relate to is my hobbies mainly assist uh, my hobbies mainly 
um, revolved around going out of a night time and getting on the dance floor. And I love to dance, but that's not where I am at this point of my lifetime, right? But I'm like, does that mean I have to give up dancing? And I'm like, hell no, it doesn't. Like I will dance my ass over every inch of this floor. Like I have a dance party in my house every single day. But something I did last year, which was so much fun, is I enrolled in a burlesque burlesque class and I was so nervous and I was so scared to do this because I had all that, oh, but I'm not like these people and what if I'm really bad and blah, 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 blah. Guess what? I was really bad to start with, but it was so much fun. I kind of just allowed myself to let go of all the judgment and just be present with it. I felt so connected to my feminine energy. I felt so damn sexy. And at the end of it, I was able to do this dance that I was like, this is absolutely incredible. I'm really sad that I didn't continue with it just because I fell pregnant and I had the most horrendous (laughs) morning sickness. So let me tell you, um, dancing was not going well for me at that stage. But what are some hobbies that would really align to where you are now? And I think it's really easy to get caught up on this and be like, oh, well, I don't know what it is that I like. The thing I say is experiment. Go out and try a few different things. Have you ever been like, I would like to try rock climbing? Go and try it. I'm not saying you have to become a rock climber. Also, you are allowed to do things purely for fun. I think sometimes we put so much pressure on there needs to be a reason why we're doing something, but you're actually allowed to do things for pure enjoyment. Um, Maybe if you really enjoyed drawing or painting when you're younger, pick up like a cheap canvas or a notepad and some paints and see if it lights you up. And then if it does, then you can kind of invest in it from there. Something that my girlfriends and I did for our Christmas present last year is because we love earrings, um, is we made, I bought a like do-it-yourself polymer clay earring set and we had a day where we like ate cheese and we chatted and we made earrings and it was actually so much fun. So what are some new hobbies that you could incorporate into your life now that would actually suit for where you're going. Um, And it may even be that these hobbies might be going and seeing some guest speakers and, um, you know, some... (laughs) One thing that I've started really doing is like getting back into live music and going to gigs. But I there is nothing I love more than going and seeing an inspir- inspirational or motivational speaker that kind of just like lights me up and put a pep in my step. Um, now, the next one I want to talk to you about. So this is kind of the second last tip that I want to give you is about communication boundaries and relationships and this is a huge part so when we're going through these times of transition there are people in our life who we may find that we don't align with anymore and it's not saying that there's anything wrong with them or anything wrong with us it's just that our lives are not in the same place anymore and there's this saying that people are in your life for a reason a season or a lifetime And finding the beauty in that, but also knowing when it's time to cut these relationships off um, is so important for your own well-being, but also for your own journey of where you're going and the person that you want to be. 
So who is it? Like what are the type of relationships you want to have? Who are the type of people that you want to surround yourself with? Maybe you're finding that your current friendships don't light you up anymore because it's all about gossiping. It's not really focused on lifting each other up. Maybe they don't make you feel really great about yourself. So the one thing I would say is take note of the relationships in your life and how do they make you feel? And you don't necessarily have to cut people off, but how can you start creating boundaries with people? So people don't know what your boundaries are unless you tell them. And people will push your boundaries unless you enforce them. So you have to be willing to respect yourself in order to gain the respect from other people. So um, I have really strong boundaries in place with a lot of people in my life. And I found that there's two people in particular that I have, I've had to be really strong in this area And it's not about saying who they are is wrong. It's not about judging who they are, but it was that I wasn't finding enjoyment out of putting energy into these relationships anymore. And I found that they were quite toxic in my life. One of these relationships is actually with my father um, and I had to stipulate, you know, this is what I'm looking for. Like, he's not a terrible person. It's just that he wasn't showing up in my life the way I needed him to. And we had a conversation and I was really open. It was a really hard conversation about what I needed. And he kind of told me what he needed and we found a compromise And then I was like, but if this doesn't work, I can't continue this relationship. And it didn't work. And I had to really honor myself in that moment and be honest and be like, is this relationship bringing me any joy or is it energetically draining me? And even now, like I've had to, I've had to grieve that relationship, but I know my life is in a better place because I'm honoring myself and who I am. But it also means that I get to put energy into nurturing those really supportive relationships in my life. Those relationships that do matter, the people who do show up for me. Um, and communicating with people, we don't always get it right. I certainly know that <laughs> there's a number of times that I go off at my husband and I have to kind of push my ego to the side and be like, fuck, I was a bitch, sorry. But how is it that you actually communicate with people and maintain those healthy relationships, ones that honor you and where you're at, but also how do you navigate conflicts when they do arise? Because conflicts do come up. So what is a way that supports the person that you are now? and where you're going and just because someone doesn't understand where you're at doesn't mean that they don't deserve a place in your life but they can also support you for where you're going um the same thing like people can have different values and beliefs and different perspectives 
But I think it's about understanding that everyone is so different. Like that's the greatest thing, right? If we were all the same, life would be so fucking boring. Let me tell you, like I love myself, but if everyone was like me, they would derive me absolute bonkers. Um, the final thing I really want to touch on is setting long-term goals that support you for where you're going. So you might find that you're kind of going through this identity shift at the moment. Maybe you are really kind of stepping into your spirituality or self-development. Um, so what are some goals that are going to support that? Maybe it's going to a retreat. Um, maybe you are not finding joy in the job that you're in anymore. You're finding that you've kind of outgrown that position. You've outgrown that company. Maybe you're wanting to do a complete career shift altogether and setting goals that kind of align with that. And I always say to set long-term goals. I always like to have a five-year plan, but what are some short-term goals? So if you kind of find yourself stuck in this big overwhelm of, well, I know I'm not happy with where I am now. And I know that like I have these relationships that don't support me and blah, 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 blah. Just take a step back take a breather and go, what is one small thing I can do today to support me? And that one small thing might be just jumping on seek and having a look at what jobs are out there. It might be going and meeting with a career counselor. It might be looking at study, going back and investigating past versions of yourself. Like what lit you up when you were a child and what brought you joy? If you could do absolutely anything and money and time wasn't an issue what would you do like what would your big incredible happy life look like um really focusing on your future version and being able to celebrate all your achievements is so important but also developing a plan like a step-by-step about how you are going to keep supporting yourself as you go through this identity shift Um, yeah, as I said, it is something I am so damn passionate about. I have met so many different versions of myself. I've had to embrace the identity shifts at every kind of corner. Sometimes they kind of sneak up on you and you're not aware of it. And sometimes they're the really big, obvious ones like falling pregnant and becoming a parent. But when you are true to yourself, when you're connected to yourself, then every choice is going to be the wrong choice. And I think quite often we get so caught up on what if I make the wrong decision? But there is no wrong decision because even if it's not something that serves you, you have the freedom of choice and you can change your mind at every moment. Like That is the beautiful thing. The thing that you choose now does not have to be the thing that you do in five years time. The person that you are now does not have to be the person you are in five years time. And you truly do get to create a life that lights you up. You get to be the person that you've always wanted to be. And you are allowed to have really incredible supportive relationships. You Don't have to even let go of anyone in your life if you don't want to, but being able to have really open and honest conversations, being able to be vulnerable and be authentically yourself in those spaces will bring so much more fulfillment into every area of your life. So if this is somewhere that you're kind of finding yourself at the moment, 
then please do slide into my DMs at Natasha Sky Coaching. Um, I love to have a good chat to anyone. Um, This is a space I think especially women take on so much and quite often feel like we have to stay in kind of this one spot and who we are, but also we have to have these grand goals and we have to be able to do everything. But it's like if you got to choose any life if you got to choose the life that you wanted what would it look like and that's what I really hope to encourage every woman to do and embrace the woman that you are embrace the woman that you are becoming so I am going to leave it there for today if you have enjoyed this episode then please share it um, and make sure you go ahead like and review us on any platform that you're listening to and if you're not already then it would be absolutely incredible if you could go ahead and follow us at watch her rise pod well I won't be here next week but Katie will and I'm so excited to listen to her episode and I look forward to being with you soon bye